Michelle. Hey, Kat. <laughs> Hi, everybody. Mm -hmm. uh, welcome to our second uh, Shaman Sister session. And um, we're we were we were so uh, excited and happy after last week's uh, chat that we decided that we are going to continue this um, experience as much for us, I think, as for anyone else. And yeah, I, I think it was always on our radar of of continuing it, but you know, we have much more momentum, certainly. Of yes. People signed on and people told me that they watched the video after the fact and and that was great so thank you for showing up and um, and as always there is an invitation if you want to chat in a question as we're going please feel free to do so also we now have a Facebook page shaman sister sessions Facebook page um, where you can if you like the page uh, you'll be invited to and and you'll see the posts of our future webinars as well as the link to watch the video after uh, watch the video recording after we're done in case you missed the live version and a link to donate if you feel like you would like to support us in our work since we are offering this for free and uh, purely out of joy it is uh, such a joy to offer this to you and um, and to hear what you're getting out of it as well so also feel free leave us a, a little message on the Facebook page of hey if there's something that you particularly want to hear about yeah if there's a topic that you're interested in or something that's coming up for you in your work or your life and um, you're curious maybe uh, on some reflection on that or you know where we're, we're seeing on on that realm yeah uh, you know, we're always seeing that really as a collective, there's, it's things that are coming up for everybody are happening around the same time. And so it's really good for us to be gathering together and reflecting with each other mm -hmm. on what's going on, you know, on these spiritual planes. Uh, and um, so that we're not feeling alone in the process, I think is really important because sometimes it feels kind of intense or confusing confusing and then when we get the reflection oh yeah a, a lot of people are, are witnessing this or experiencing this in their practices or in their life uh, it just makes it like okay right I'm on I'm on track as everything's everything's as it should be definitely and Kat I mean I'm sure you find this too where you'll be working on somebody and something comes up and you're working on someone else and the same patterns emerge in many of your clients and then you talk to your other healer friends and they're noticing the same patterns too and also in your own life this is something that we as human beings and especially sensitive human beings if you're watching this uh this panel or if you're watching this recording or listening in you're probably a sensitive human being because that's you know the kind of people we hang out with meaning that you are much more likely to be feeling these energies that are going on on the collective level so absolutely, I can pretty much guarantee you that whatever you're noticing, whatever energies you are feeling come up, other people are as well. You are not alone. Right. And which was one of the reasons why we wanted to do this, um, because Michelle and I were having these conversations probably probably about once a week. And yeah. Where we would talk and be like, oh my gosh, this is coming up. And wow, that's the exact same thing that's coming up for me. And or I'm, I, I'm seeing this in my clients and reflecting back to each other this um, this same experience or sort of mirroring aspects and then kind of unpacking that and so that's why we're doing this uh, program and, and why we're we're sharing it because we found it was really helpful for our work mm -hmm. and for just our own navigation system of life definitely and yeah even this morning i woke up i I did a Facebook post about, I don't even know if you saw it, Michelle, but I did a Facebook mm -hmm. post about, um, really about healing, about looking at uh, healing in a different way and, you know, healing, shadow, uncomfortableness, uncomfortable feelings, all of those things and kind of looking at them in a different way and looking at them in more of a joy-filled curiosity instead mm -hmm. of a battle trying to to kill something out of your life and trying to you know push illness away and um to fix something and yeah, your inner demons right your inner yeah. demons trying to just uh you know 
distract yourself away from them or, you know, all of the different things that we do in order to try to fight really hard the things that are uncomfortable in our lives. And then Michelle sent you sent me a message that was like, oh, I want to, I want to talk about a shadow and how we're, how we're collectively uh, dealing with our shadow work. And so, yeah. yeah, I hadn't seen your post at all. So again, it comes up for everybody, right? Yeah. Ding, ding. Okay. Um, yeah, but first of all, how are you doing? I know you just got back from Shasta, right? I did. I was just, uh, at a weekend mastermind retreat, uh, in Mount Shasta with the mountain, the lake in, in the distance, in the middle of the forest with a group of really high powered, amazing, uh, entrepreneurial healers, wow, mystics and change makers. And we were just up leveling our systems. We were doing some really amazing meditations on our work and our mission and the next year. And, um, and we were doing some contact of galactic beings and Ooh. channeling and it was for sure, uh, transformative and really deeply nurturing and satisfying, and uh, just to just to be in contact and context of other people that are really on the path, I think is one of the most vital things that we, as healers, channels, guides, whatever it is that that it is our thing, we have to find that. Mm-hmm. and that support because it is it is vital especially when we you know kind of live you know we're on the west coast so we sort of have a little bit more access to that kind of stuff but a lot of people as they're awakening their gifts and realizing who and what they are there's this loneliness that sets in of of feeling really different and when we come together and we're like oh yeah we're all on this path we're all on this mission and we're pulling our energy together. Yeah. So, so powerful to, Mm -hmm. to be a part of that. It was, it was just such a, such a blessing. I got some amazing messages Mm. from the galactic beings of life. What what galactic beings were you talking to? As soon as you said that, I I got really curious. What was that like and who came through? Um, There was, so I, I was there with Amateo Ra and he, was doing I have found somehow I found a business coach that is a trans channel so wow. <laughs> right it's a perfect business coach situation for you the yeah one which I had is a is another place we're looking at you know, that intuition and guidance mm-hmm. and how I was just I was like I'm supposed to work with this guy I don't know what the deal is and and I had no I didn't know anything about him I'd never even met him I didn't know anything about him um, but I was just really guided and I was like, okay, this is who I'm supposed to work with. All right. Um, and to, to find somebody who could understand me so, so deeply mm-hmm. and that's a jam on like channeling. And I'm like, this is what happens to me. And he's like, yeah, that's what happens to me too. That's how I do it. That's how I do it. Oh my um, God. It's so fun when you find people <laughs> who, who are like, you know, do kind of similar things of what you do, or you can just, I don't know, it's like, it's nerding out over your channel-ness or your psychicness or your spirituality. It's so fun. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he uh, was bringing through a Syrian being, mm-hmm. um, and uh, that was one night. And then we had a galactic ambassador who lives there on Mount Shasta, who she came up and she brought through um uh, more almost like a another being, but we didn't really ask where this one was was from, but mm-hmm. led us then led us through a galactic meditation to raise our vibration and to connect to our star brethren mm-hmm. and um, individually like who we were individually connected to and to um, get some information and, and just some contact really some just like presence. Yeah. And so it was great because I, I got to, uh, witness that I am connected to the Andromedans mm. and the Palladians, but that the Andromedans were really strong for me. Mm. And I, I really, I didn't know that when I first started channeling, I was channeling uh, star beings and I had some, I had an experience which was overwhelming to me. And I shut a little bit of that 
that uh, channel off or down. Like at the beginning of your channeling work? Yeah. Right? yeah. And so, you know, I, it, it was, it was really, it was so sweet. It was so loving. It was so light filled. It was a really beautiful experience and yeah. uh, definitely got some, some, uh, some amazingly beautiful information on, on walking this path and more like, okay, just ask for help, ask for help, ask for help. Yeah. That's wonderful. Oh my gosh. Thank you so much for sharing. That's really exciting. And, um, and I've never been to Mount Shasta. This is one of those, what? Everyone reacts that way when I say that. It's the same way. I, I've also never been to Brighton Bush, so you can do it. But. Right. <laughs> um, right. I, I totally lose the, I've never, a healer game. Um, it's, right. So it's on my radar. Mount Shasta is a very, you know, very tapped in vortex portal type space. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm also a fan for those of us who either don't travel so much or don't have access to car or whatever the deal is, or like, um, you know, can't take the time to go somewhere. Um, one of my, and I'll just, you know, kind of make this sort of brief, but it is a, such a joy of mine to go out in the nature that is near me and find the portal spaces and the vortex spaces, because there are so many, they're not unique to places like, uh, like Sedona and Mount Shasta and Stonehenge and, you know, whatever else people are all, you know, excited about that are really amazing, powerful sites. And yet go for a walk in your own forest. I live like 10 minutes away from Forest Park and I take my dog hiking there and I'll go, I've actually brought a pendulum there and I'll go walk around with my pendulum and I'll start going like this, right? Making these huge circles and I'm, and, you know, I'm standing there feeling it and the, and, it's like the light starts to change and the dimensions shift around. So there are these portals, these forest portals, or not even forest, these um, energy portals all around. And everywhere. And even in even in cities and, and, and places like that, right? Where where yeah. you, you wouldn't expect something maybe. And you know, it's in that place where if you're in the forest, like, okay, let's let's do a meditation, let's do some qigong, let's let's see what is what is the energy here. Uh, telling me and teaching me, and especially if it's near where you live, there's a reason that yeah. you live there. Yeah, um, it we're not we're not so random, right? And, and it might be a place that, that can really feed you and feed your energy. So I always, I mean, when I lived there next to Forest Park, I was I was there every single day. Yeah, um, you know, in that mm -hmm. beautiful forest, mm -hmm. and didn't need to go so many places because it was so nurturing and. Yeah, because you cultivate that relationship with these energies and, and, you know, all the trees there, they have their own, you know, the standing nation, their tribe, right, in, in this beautiful area that you, yeah, Forest Park is super magical, definitely. And, um, and also those trees that are in those more urban areas and in, you know, those parks that, like, Forest Park is, it's like a real forest. Yeah. Um, but those trees are so uh, used to people. Like they're, you can all, they're easier to connect to in a way because they're, they're used to our frequency and our vibration. Yeah. So they're like, they're available. They're like, yeah, I know I live right here in Forest Park and I know you right. guys are coming by all the time. And so they're like used to us in, in, a, in a way. So I think they're almost easier to connect to sometimes than the like yeah. really deep forest trees who are like, wait, what are you? Who are you? Yeah. You, yeah, it, it kind of demands a different presence of you to work with. Um, it's almost a little, and I know it's not an elemental energy, but it almost feels like that in a way. Like you get into some really deep, untouched nature sort of area. You know, I was spending time in, in virgin rainforest when I was living in Costa Rica, and it's a totally different ballgame. Like it demands a different presence. And, um, and so that's one thing I'm kind of being reminded of some conversation I had last week uh, with a woman who is putting on a festival. Oh, by the way, I am, I got invited to speak slash be a presenter at these two different, um, these two different gatherings in May of next year, one of which is it's uh, like an all day, um, it's a women's empowered event. 
It's actually called Empowered. And uh, the other one is a like a three-day festival slash conference hosted by a nonprofit. And I get to be a presenter at both of them. Yay. And yeah, definitely. And I'll actually put up a link too. It's called Embrace Festival. And I think there's early bird tickets that are on like a, a lower sale price up through December 1st. So um, for anyone in the Portland area or in, you know, interested in coming to Portland, I'll post that link on our page as well. Um, but in speaking with the organizer of this nonprofit, she was telling me about, um, she went earlier this year to speak at a conference in Australia. And she was speaking about the, um, the changing role of spirituality. So this in, in society. So this organization is called Progressive Christianity. And it's a totally open invitation, very liberal, very um, inclusive group. It's like, you know, not specific to one church. They do have pastors. It's um, welcoming, you know, all people. And especially um, in it's it, what I find based on what I, in my speaking with her, it's trying to bridge a little bit of that gap from, okay, here's old Christianity, like old paradigm Christianity, where with based on the rules and based on the, you know, very dogmatic tradition. And it, you know, this organization recognizes that model doesn't fit anymore. You know, as she was telling me, millennials aren't going to come to church. They're just not going to. And that's okay. And so, you know, recognizing what is the new spirituality that people are flocking to? What is the, um, the inclusiveness and the freedom and the exploration and the, the inquisitive nature of a spiritual practice? And when she went to Australia, she was speaking about events like Beloved Festival and Burning Man and how there are these really concentrated knots of, okay, we're going to come together in community and in alternative, um, you know, and Burning Man isn't even necessarily the most spiritual festival out there, but there's a strong undercurrent of it between the temple and, you know, various camps there. Um, and but noticing okay this is where things are going this is how things are moving and that's that's okay that's perfectly okay it's in in the direction of community it's in the direction of returning spirituality back to people rather than to a church and so when we're talking about these portals in my mind it's almost that same thing of like take personal responsibility for seeking out the sacred in your immediate surroundings and go to your own park that's right across the street from your house go to you know the the one that's like 10 minutes away rather than okay i must reserve my my sacred encounters for i'm going to go to mount shasta i'm going to go to brighton bush i'm going to go to sedona whatever that's great do your trips but also find the sacred that exists in your own backyard and you see how those are kind of related. It's, you know, I'm, I'm spinning around these ideas of, okay, how can we all be empowered to take responsibility for our own relationships with sacred spaces, with, um, you know, with sacred sites, with ritual, with our own connection to spirit, with our own connection to our guides. And it involves going, you know, keep it local. Yeah, and, and I think that, that that brings us into um, into a place where we actually start to um, become, you know, activists of our own reality, right? We, we start to notice what's happening in our towns and our cities and, uh, you know, our communities, our tribes, and to take action, to clean up something or to um, preserve something or to, um, you know, create something in, in an area and um, to, to become stands for holding that, that sacred space when, whenever we find it, like, okay, let's hold on to this. Let's not let this go away, um, wherever it is, the little tiny pieces that we have access to all over the place. And also creating sacred space, yeah. taking it on as an initiative. You know, there are um, all sorts of uh, community garden projects and create park projects. And, you know, it's not necessarily under the name, oh, we're creating a sacred space. But really, that's what's going on. You're creating a space for 
um, for people to connect with the earth, for people to connect with each other, for community to thrive, for, um, for people to become back in tune with the changing of the seasons. Yeah, and, and even we're seeing a little bit of a movement now in places where we're, where we're seeing people doing yoga, meditation, um, you know, coming out and doing spiritual practice in the open together in our city centers and places so that we're being witnessed. So we are creating a sacred space in, in our cities. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's a movement that's going to gain more and more um, traction, I think, especially as we start to uh, really needing to find ways to uh, have our voice be heard around environmental issues and social justice issues. And we can realize how outnumbered and outgunned we are out there in the system. And how do we make our voice heard? How do we affect you know, the negativity and the fear and the anger that's out there in a way that is in alignment with our spiritual natures? Um, because a lot of the super sensitive spiritual beings that um, are out here with, we care so deeply about environmental and social justice issues. And we're also having a harder time with the, the depth of, of the emotional reality that's, that's in there in traditional, some like traditional protest sort of um, experiences that we've seen in America. Yeah, you know, almost kind of going back to, you know, the the experiences of Gandhi and and the sitting in and the the stopping everything and being in a space of meditation, contemplation, and spiritual practice in an open area together, where we're making our our awareness our that we are here, we are here, and this is stuff that we care about, and um, this is a way that we're going to be seen. Mm -hmm. I think that's going to really become enlivened and, um, you know, for, for those that are having a hard time dealing with what's happening right now, or, um, you know, witnessing things that are out there that, that are, are issues that just are kind of heart rendering. Blah. Um, and so how do we make a difference? And I think that this is going to be a piece that, that we're going to be cultivating. Yeah. Absolutely. This feels like a good kind of shift into what both of us had on our radars to talk about with the relationship with the shadow. So before we do that, let's collectively kind of regroup, bring our energy back in and, um, and, you know, close your eyes if you feel called. And let's take a deep breath together. Exhale everything out. Deep inhale. And exhale. Deep inhale and exhale. It feels good to do a little bit of reset before we're jumping in to talk about our shadow stuff, because, <laughs> right? Because this is, um, you know, purely by virtue of the fact that this is coming up for both of us as we need to talk about this. How, what is people's relationship, uh, you know, in a general sense with their shadows? Right. So uh, one of the reasons this came up on my radar as something that I thought really relevant to discuss was I watched a movie the other night, uh, Black Swan. So, uh, you, you know that movie, right? Black Swan? When it first came out, but it was really, really, really beautiful. Yeah, definitely. It's really beautiful. It's also creeptacular, right? Like super creepy. And, but in a, a really mesmerizing way. And one of the things that I noticed as I was watching it, um, and yeah, I saw it when it first came out and I got, I think, very different things out of it then than I did now, um, you know, watching it in my shaman brain constantly spinning and as I'm sitting on the couch in my living room rather than in the dark theater just being all you know psyched out by the the swan wings <laughs> um so the I'll, I'll just give like a 30 second bullet point version of this movie it follows a a ballerina who is um cast as the swan queen in swan lake and um there's a lot of it's a I think it's fair to assess the movie as a psychological thriller, right? In yeah, okay, right. 
And so it's uh, following her kind of mental breakdown as she's moving through this dancing the role of the swan queen. And the swan queen in particular has, there's the white swan side and the black swan side. And this character is already very, very accessed with the white swan side. She's very innocent. She's very um, young, like in, in terms of her maturity. She's a very young person. And it's a real challenge for her to, uh, to access the black swan. And the director keeps telling her, I want you to lose yourself. Lose yourself and go into the black swan. And just don't worry so much about technique. Lose yourself. And so the big kind of finale and you know there's a whole lot of leading up to this about you know clues that she's having some breakdown and the finale of the movie sorry you can't tell the finale what if if someone hasn't seen the movie i'm trying to decide if it's more important okay all right i won't give a spoiler (laughs) so there is a, a confrontation between her inner white swan and her inner black swan I don't think I really gave anything away with that. And so witnessing this polarity in her of the, you know, the thing that she is so easily, the purity, the immaturity and the naivete and the black swan, which involves this loss of self and the fear and this um, and the passion, very dark, shadowy stuff that ultimately she does. You know, there's this confrontation between those parts of herself. And I watched this movie witnessing how terrified she was to access her shadow and how it broke her to access her shadow. And granted, this is a movie character, but at the same, I mean, this movie's portrayed real life, right? And so there are people throughout history who have diagnosed with psychological breakdowns who are having spiritual awakening. It's not a new piece of information. Got a little garbage. And yet I watched you got all garbly, I didn't hear you. You got all garbly. <laughs> oh, okay. How's, how's this now? Is this better? I think it's a little, still a little funny, but I don't know what Okay. You're a little garbly, too. I'm wondering, I don't think I can close anything else. I have everything else pretty much closed. Okay. So. All right. Well, um, as I was watching this breakdown in her, um, you know, accessing her shadow and the the elements of control like we try and control what we most fear about ourselves because she you know she doesn't understand it it's not easy for her to go there so she tries to control it and smush it down and ultimately it breaks her open in a really painful way there's also this um you know the denial of you know she kept looking away she spent the whole movie like seeing something out of the corner of her eye and getting scared and looking away not willing to create some space of what's really going on is this even is this healthy is this unhealthy i'm really afraid what you know how can i ask for help what can i do so i see so much of that in um you know in as a general trend and people don't know generally how to confront their shadows and it it seems to me having done a whole lot of shadow work myself over the last several years and i know you have too and probably several of you on here who are watching that you have to learn how to do it. It's not something that we just know how to do because we're growing up in um, an exposure to horror movies. I can't stand horror movies. I can't do it. But, you know, like demonizing the shadow and like, oh, that's really bad. Oh, someone needs to be medicated for that, right? Oh, we're not allowed to talk about if you're feeling sad. Someone asks you, how are you doing? You say, fine. Even if, (laughs) right, even if you're not, we're living in a, in a, in a society that doesn't allow us to have a healthy relationship with a shadow. And that needs to change. You know, going back to Kat, what you were saying about how are we going to actualize any shifts for ourselves personally, but also on the societal level, we must be able to work with the shadow. Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, I have a book that I've been working on and, have a talk around the awakening process and um you know and, and I think a lot it, this all goes back to childhood it goes back to the little babies that fall down and we're just like it's okay it's okay it's okay you know they're just like don't experience pain don't express pain don't um you know don't 
it's not okay, right? How can I shift your pain as quickly as possible? Can I give you a cookie? Can I give you a toy? Can I give you a phone? Can I give you something that's gonna shift your shadow as quickly as possible so that I don't have to deal with the pain of watching you be in pain? Yeah. Um, and when that has just been, you know, dug into our system so hard over our entire lifetime, and then we have our awakening experience and, and for, or we have something that sort of opens us up and we realize that we're connected to the divine. We realize that we're all one. We realize that, um, you know, that there's this potential of energy that we have access to. We, um, you know, a lot of times our awakening, you know, experience or experiences, you know, whether we're doing plant medicine or it's through Tantra, sexuality, breath work, yoga, meditation, shamanism, just spontaneous things that happen, we'll have, we'll have an aspect, even, even if it's like a near-death experience or something that's really dark, we'll have an aspect of like a, a shot of bliss in it. You know, it gives you, that's like spirit is so wise, it gives you enough yum to get you hooked on wanting to explore your spiritual nature. Mm -hmm. But what happens is that for a lot of people, we're so uncomfortable with anything that's darker or um, needing to be healed, we become then like addicted. We were like, oh, the bliss, we become these little bliss bunnies and we're searching for the bliss and where's the bliss and where's the bliss? And we're like, oh, well, it's it's through breath work for me. So we're just like breath work every day, constantly, like really, you know, getting into the, uh, you know, our, our um, you know, our practice that took us there or tons of plant medicine, just nonstop. Like I'm just, I've got to get to the light. I've got to get to the light. What's my got to get to the light and then when the healing comes you're in getting all, all crackly no. oh. okay sometimes it just takes there so when the healing piece comes okay. in and the denser stuff starts rising to the surface sometimes we is it bad am i craggly yeah exactly when those denser pieces just trying to close everything how are we doing um still a little bit fuzzy but not as bad okay. keep going so when those denser pieces rise to the surface because as we raise our vibration um Jason's saying that you're crackly. Um, as we raise our vibration, the density must rise to the surface. It must be dealt with. The, the healing part must be dealt with. So as that happens, if we're not okay with that, if we're uncomfortable with that happening, we'll often run away from it. We'll, we'll medicate it in some kind of way. And, and you know, I see spiritual people self-medicating and they think they're not self-medicating because it's not alcohol or it's not um you know pharmaceuticals or whatever but i see spiritual people self-medicating themselves on spiritual practice on superfoods on plant medicines on whatever it is it's going to keep me in my bliss um and then rejecting other people who are having their awakening experience and they're hitting their shadow and their stuff's coming up and they're acting out their stuff, their shadow's there. And, and people are like, no, I'm not, you're not in your bliss. You're not manifesting your, you know, reality. You're not whatever the thing is. And law I'm, of attraction shaming. Right. I love law yeah. of attraction shaming. You're right. not manifesting your bliss or your abundance or whatever that mm -hmm. is. Um, because you're in your stuff, because we all have shadow, we all have wounds and things that happen to us as little kids that we have to look at and we have, yeah. we have to really deal with all that stuff. Definitely. Yeah. So, um, let's, let's think of collaboratively, what tools can we offer people? What tools can we offer to cultivate a healthy relationship with your shadow? You got all crackly. So, what are the tools that we can offer people? They deal with their shadow. 
Is it your internet or? Yeah. I, I can't close anything else. I have everything closed. So it might just be slow. Yeah, so as, how's that? Is that okay? It's okay. It's not bad. Okay. Well, while I see what I can do on my end, how about um, what tools have you found valuable as you've begun to cultivate a healthy relationship with your shadow? Well, uh, you know, I think that one of the pieces that's, that's the most valuable is really just allowing ourselves to be in whatever experience is there just allowing that if emotions are coming up, if something is happening, that it's there to give us a message. It's there to inform us. It's there to help us to see ourselves uh, better and to give ourselves some time to go inward, to, to be quiet, to be alone, to tune out from our friends sometimes, to not have to be stimulating ourselves with social media and events and um and stuff and to not see that as um a bad thing where a lot of times we're like oh my god i'm i'm depressed or you know there's something wrong with me and to just accept that sometimes there's the feminine we need to go in we need to go underground like when we talk about shadow and and it's it's like okay, I need to go underground and I need to be quiet and I need to nurture myself with really good food that, you know, root vegetables and things that are really nurturing to my system, not super stimulating stuff to stimulate me out of my, out of my work, but stuff that's really just going to kind of nurture me and encapsulate me in a little egg so that I can really sit with what's there and sit with the tears sit with the pain sit with the with sit with the shadow just let it be present and not run away from it every time it comes up yeah that's that's one of the most valuable components i think there you know self-care really and creating a a safe space for it to come up that's the the other component i would add is like um, also, you don't have to do it all at once. No. <laughs> if, right, if you're like me, I'm the person who carries eight bags of groceries from the car in one trip because I want to do it all at once. And, you know, with the, the shadow stuff, same thing. I was like, okay, all my demons, just stand them up and knock them down. It, that's not a good way to do that, I can tell you right now. Um, <laughs> it's, and also, it doesn't really work, honestly. It doesn't. Um, and so taking your time with it and understanding that, okay, if I can take small steps, it ultimately in the direction of, I'm just going to start with a little shadow thing. You don't start with the biggest demon. Start, start with, and don't, maybe don't even, call, yeah, um, don't even, maybe don't even call it a, de a demon. Don't call it a demon. Don't call it a demon. <laughs> Say, you know, like, okay, so what is this aspect of my shadow that I want to invite into the light? Because I can promise you speaking it speaking something that feels like oh my gosh i can never see this right practice with a plant say it right you're getting or that, you know find an animal speak yeah. it speaking it. it like how do you bring the shadow to the light you speak it you you know you speak it so and just like you said having a safe space having that safe space within yourself so that you're not in that place of, of harsh judgment of self and also having a safe space so that you know that you're in partnership, you're in friendship, you're in you know relationships with people, like searching those people out that you can trust and feel comfortable enough to go, this is my shadow, I'm, you know, oh wow i see that this is coming up for me and instead of denying it and getting um you know uh what's the word for that like um defensive mm -hmm. when stuff comes up in relationships just really owning it and speaking it and, and being like okay this is this is a shadow piece for me and that's not it's not pretty it's this is not a pretty aspect of who i am and I'm going to just, I'm going to, I'm, 
I'm going to apologize for that coming up, but I'm not going to necessarily try to fix it by, mm-hmm. by doing something that's inauthentic. I'm going to, yeah. or see what's underneath it and go, okay, well, I'm going to be kind and patient with both of us. And mm-hmm. I'm going to go, okay, well, what's underneath that? Like, why is that my, my response, my shadow behavior response in relationship? Yeah. If you in relationship or willing to uh, play with you in that space, that's really powerful. Yeah, definitely. You know, I'm glad you brought that up. Relationships are a place where a lot of shadow comes out. Absolutely. And, um, and creating a space, I like to think about it kind of as parentheses. So if I'm feeling um, a trigger or, you know, and a relationship is a good example because, you know, every, I'm sure everybody has had that experience. If not, you're probably lying or not doing it right. Just saying, but, um, you know, put a little parentheses around it and say like, okay, I'm going to step out of this for a second and say like, I'm having this and even this in itself can take a lot of practice to have the awareness of, Oh, this is a trigger pattern or this is a shadow pattern coming up. I'm going to take a step back from it, put these parentheses around my shadow pattern and say, okay, what container can I create where it's safe for me to look at that? And where it's safe for me to say, okay, I might not know how I need to shift that right now, but that's okay. I can just understand that it's there. That's the first step is being willing to look at it, is shining the light on it. Because, you know, and think about it in normal shadow, right? Your shadow on the ground, you shine a light on it and it goes away. The same works with energetic shadows. If you just put it into your awareness, it will automatically have a little bit less power. So speaking it aloud to plants, really seriously, I'm totally 100% serious about this. Just go ahead and practice saying, here is this shadow thing of mine. I have this beautiful dragon palm sitting right here. I've told so much stuff to this dragon palm. It lives in my healing room. It's heard all sorts of things, and it is doing great. It is a great, <laughs> it's a super healing plant. Um, so, you know, or your dog or cat, right. And um, so I think those are a couple of good actionable tips that feels, um, if anyone has any questions, shadow related questions, again, feel free to chat them in as we're going. Um, yeah. What, what else is, did anything else come up for that? What, you know, one of the things that I do, what, what I do when, when I'm, I'm realizing shadow or I'm in the experience of, of what is my, my shadow is that I do a ton of movement work. I do a ton of shaking and breathing and tapping and seeing where does it live inside my body? Where is my physical experience of it? Like, is it in my heart? Is it in my guts? Is it in my throat or my head? Where is it? And can I connect to it energetically and emotionally? Can I find like, what's the deeper emotion that's is it in my sacrum because I don't really feel safe. I don't trust, I don't trust the situation or the world and I'm responding in this negative shadowy way, but underneath it is really that I'm not in a trusting space and what's underneath that. I'm not in a trusting space because of something that happened in my past. And did I not really fully um, experience that moment? Did I not really go into it and release the energy and the emotion from that moment? Can I go in now knowing that I'm safe and I'm whole and I'm an adult and I'm, I'm where I am. Can I go in now and feel touch, go into it, let the emotion unwind, let my body move through it so that my body is moving the energy, my body's moving the emotion, my sound is coming out and I'm, you know, whether it's yelling or crying or screaming or toning, like whatever needs to come out in order to help move that, you know, that, that energy out of the body so that I'm not reacting to the world from that energy place. Yeah. That's definitely been, I mean, that's, that's been my work. And I find that that's just so vital because all of this stuff, it's in our physical bodies. I I believe that we came here to be humans and to figure out this, this, this interesting, intricate, um, you know, relationship experience to emotional, spiritual, physical, mental reality that we are holding all of these pieces 
in this one being. And I, I believe that it, it's one of the pieces that we're here to really discover. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And I think we touched upon this a little bit last week too, the whole um, aspect of bringing the body into to the spiritual practice, right? You know, that's kind of the next step that we're all moving, you know, so speaking of what energies are going on on the collective level, some big running themes are about embodiment practice and about, okay, so we've done all the light work up here, must put it in the body. Same thing goes with the shadow. The shadow lives in the cell memory. And I actually had a really interesting experience uh, with this when I was down visiting you, actually, with uh, a healing session that I had with, um, with a, a couple of sexological body workers. And so I, I was fortunate enough to book an appointment with these two very sought after experts in the field for a shamanic sexual healing session. Now, there are a whole lot of people in the world who have some form of sexual wounding and, you know, it doesn't even necessarily come in the form of, um, of violence or assault, but, you know, ideas about sexuality or shame about sexuality or, you know, there, there's a whole spectrum of wounding of the sacral chakra, regardless of whatever form. And so the, the first part of the session was around, um, it was the, the pain portion of the session where, um, you know, traditionally where people confront uh, instances in which they were violated or in which, um, you know, there, there's some really violent stuff that people have to work on. And I, as practiced as I am at working on my own shadow, I had already done so much of the energetic stuff and in speaking with these practitioners they told us yeah you're you're our ideal client because you've already done all the the energetic work okay now we just need to move it out of the body which is exactly what i was looking for so i by that time i'd spent years already burning all the things in the fire saying all the words doing all the ritual cutting all the cords do, you know everything energetically and all that was left was to move it out of my body and release the somatic experience and um, and they told me not to tell this to anybody, but I'm going to anyway, because it's important in my experience. I had so much fun <laughs> in the, the portion of it. And, um, you know, I, I got up off the table and, um, and I said, that was fun. That was uh, I think I'm crackling up again. I can kind of, you're crackling. Yeah. Yeah. That was fun. You yeah. Said. Okay. Well, I said that was fun. And they said, you are our only client who has ever said that. Please don't tell that to anybody. Because, you know, they don't want anyone to think it's fun because most people say, that's the hardest thing I've ever done. And, uh, you know, yeah. but again, it comes from I've spent years cultivating a really healthy relationship with my shadow. So yeah. that when, when I delve into facing these, these big things, I've already worked on them so much. I already have a really good understanding of what it means to move that kind of energy that I can jump right in there and have Eagle Priestess show up. This was really cool. I saw a vision of a new guide for me, this eagle priestess, who is this woman covered in these feathers that are all razor sharp metal. And she was just wow, like warrior eagle woman priestess with the razor sharp feathers who was on my side to do this shadow work. So that's another component. We all have these really powerful guides, whether or not you're aware of them, there are energetic support teams available for you to do this stuff, to do the big stuff. Absolutely. And there are specific guides, like the Eagle Priestess, right, is probably your specific yeah. guide for that kind of work. Mm -hmm. And sometimes we get really, uh, you know, we're like, okay, I'm, I'm, I'm working with these, you know, light guides, these angels or archangels, and these, you know, we're, we kind of have our crew and we, we don't, we don't sometimes, um, acknowledge or realize that we have the you know it's kind of like in in you know many cultures they would have these you know these these deities that were just they're ferocious they're ferocious and what we would almost see as a demon we write they're demons and and um and those demons are able to handle the darker aspects of of uh, humanity and and spiritual experiences like they're able to handle it because they are demons too they have that kind of like 
that energetic power. Um, and so, you know, even if we look at, you know, Kali or, or, you know, some of the, some of the deities are like, that's ferocious. Like that is, that is hardcore when you really mm -hmm. look at those imagings. And if we're really, that's another thing I think to look at. If you're only working with the, you know, archangels, if you're only working with those super, super light filled light beings, and you're not ever willing to go, what do you got for me, Kali? Like what's, you know, what are these, what are these images that have a little bit more of a, of a darker feel? What do those bring up inside of you? What do they make you feel like when you witness them, when you look at them or meditate on them? What messages that they have? So that's also another way to, to look at shadow work, to look at those images of these ferocious uh, deities. And yeah. what, what, is, what is their medicine for you? Mm -hmm. um, Definitely. That's, um, well, you bring up a really interesting point in terms of, remember last week we talked about the animal guides who were coming in who are more working in the shadow or between the layers, right? So last week um, you shared an experience that you had working with coyote, and, um, and I uh, mentioned wolf as another guide that's really showing up for the collective right now. Um, I had another experience la this last week, actually. This, um, I'm glad you just reminded me of it, um, about owl, owl medicine. Mm -hmm. And I know you work a lot with owl medicine. I work a lot with owl medicine. It is definitely is a very shamanic, like, underworld guide. It is um, the bird guardian of the West, right? So working with the death. And I've seen plenty of places that, um, that say, oh, owls are bad luck. If you see an owl, it says that death is coming or owls should be, you know, you should be afraid of owls. I even had a, um, a person who I would consider a, almost a mentor in certain ways or in a lot of ways. She texted me. She just said, you know, I saw this owl and it was really beautiful, but it made me really nervous because owls are supposed to be the, you know, a, like a, a symbol of betrayal. Oh, that's that. Yeah, that's what she said. It's like a um, obscured, like obscuring the truth and betrayal. And I came back to her and I said, no, not at all. This is, owls are amazing. Owls are part of they're those one of those entities that is you know typecast as a demon, right? You know, think of all the the scary Halloween owls that you see with the the creepy eyes, right? And owls living in the dark, right? So they must be evil. They're bringers of death. Well, and so is the wolf, and so is the coyote, and you know, so yeah. is the raven. raven. Yeah, and, definitely. And, and and even the cat, like the black cat, right? These yeah. are all symbols of magic. These are yeah. all symbols of of connecting to spirit. Right to what is not seen of shadow work of looking at the darkness of yeah see through the darkness and live in the darkness and and be vitalized by the darkness yeah and owl particularly um, you know so seeing in the darkness that is one of owl's greatest gifts and um, I did uh, yeah the reason this came up last week was my mom who is also a, a shaman Reiki master teacher. She said something about, oh, someone sent her a little thing saying having an owl feather in your home is bad luck because it'll bring death. Oh my God. Right. Yeah, we're both screwed. Right. I know. Yeah, I see it right there. Um, owl, and I said, well, and she knows that's nonsense, of course, but in talking with her, again, revisiting owl medicine, Owl is the shepherd of the dead. I actually had some really powerful work with this. Um, I was working with a family over the summer who lost their 12-year-old son, or no, no, 15-year-old son. And, um, you know, working through one of the worst horrors anyone could imagine, losing a child. And Owl showed up for them in a big way of, I am here with your son. Here I am guiding your son into the, um, into the realms beyond. And it, you know, the, it was enormously comforting. And, um, and I, yeah, I did some channeling, asking Owl, and I don't remember all of it. I have it recorded somewhere. I think I actually did record that one, thank goodness. But Owl told me that they're the shepherd of the dead. They are the ones who see the way. And, the, you know, people don't necessarily know where they're going. There's, there can be a lot of fear around death that comes from our human lack of understanding. And Owl says, I see the way. Come, follow me. 
and let's go on my super soft wings, right? My super soft, fluffy, feathery owl wings. We're going to go into the underworld and it's okay because you're with me and we can see. So, and what a gift, right? To bring understanding and bring vision to the darkness. Right. Which is even, even last night, um, I had the last uh, class of my in-person healers process. Yeah. And in that we, we were allowing some energetics to come in and come through for us. And uh, one of, one of the women in the class um, has, has had a really hard time with her gifts of sight and her gifts of channeling her gifts of being an Oracle um, since she was a little girl and having fear of the darkness, having fear of what it was, you know, what was unseen, not wanting to see what she was seeing. So shutting it off and shutting it down. And, um, owl showed up and owl was, was saying, do not be afraid of what you see. Do not be afraid of the darkness. I am here to help hold you through that, that with the softest wing that is imaginable, I am here to cut through the darkness. Mm. And that even comes back to like the first thing that I had said around the healing and how we're approaching healing is with the softest wing pot with, you know, the softest feather touch, I will cut through the darkness. And we have these guides that we can tune into who can offer that for us, who can be the feather touch lightness to help move us through our darkness not because we're afraid of the dark and we're looking away, but because we're actually willing to witness it, to stand in it, and to like, just move through it, right? To walk through the darkness of the night and to realize that we're held and realize that we're, we're safe. And, you know, that, that is another piece of, of shadow work if you're going to do some shadow work. And and in that, you know, okay, another piece of shadow work, I'm, I'm just going to go out and I'm going to be out at night. You know, I'm going to walk through the darkness quite literally. Yeah. And, you know, that was a big one for me, um, growing up on horror movies and different things like that and having a lot of fear of, of, you know, people be attacking me or, you know, animals attacking me or something's going to attack me, right? Something's going to get me. Um, and really having to go and go camping by myself and sit in the darkness and sit in the night and be alone in the darkness and walk through the darkness, walk through the shadow literally and feel the fear that was there and do it anyway. And to realize how those pieces are connected. If we're never willing to stand outside in the darkness and just be alone in it, how, how, you know, how much we're unwilling to, to sit inside of our own spiritual, emotional darkness as well. And so that is also can just be a powerful practice of just going outside and sitting in the darkness. Yeah, absolutely. And then real, and once you've done it enough and you realize, Oh, I'm actually okay. Like I'm okay in the darkness. The darkness is okay. I'm, I'm, I don't have to be afraid. Uh, you know, once we build up that that resilience to the darkness. Mm-hmm. Yeah, resilience and also creating a relationship too. I remember, um, I know we've talked about this before. I don't remember if it came up last time, but creating a, a relationship with whatever energies you're working with. So working with the shadow feels really different from working with the light. And that's okay. It's, you know, that's just how it works. So again, you, you were mentioning working like with all the archangels and the light beings as opposed to working with Kali and Pele and Slazel Teotl. I think I said that right. Yeah. Um, and, and so just, you know, stretching your muscles, so to speak, like, you know, doing your different, like creating spiritual muscle memory of like, okay, this is what it's like to access the light beings and my light happy crystals. And this is what it's like to work with my shadow beings and my shamanic guides. Right. And um, in those darker crystals, right? I work a lot with obsidian and onyx and the smoky, the darker, you know, the garments and the smoky quartz and the, the darker crystals, right? Um, some of us, and I'm sure some of us on this call, I know some of us on this call, are shadow workers. And that is not always the easiest path 
it is it is often we're like well fuck why, why can't i just be one of those like angel reader people who it's like always working with the angelic realms like they seem so light and happy and 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 yummy and i'm like here digging through the trenches of with my little spade trying to um you know really we're called to work in the shadow and we need you we need you we need you we need you you're so important you're so vital to um the shift to the transformation that's happening right now um we really need you so if if that comes up for you if that's a calling i know that when we when we're having those realizations about that aspect of our work we're like damn mm -hmm. why did i choose this why why didn't i get something else yeah. um, and like it's you're it's so important people need people need this kind of work people need people who can sit in their shadow with them because most people have never allowed any shadow to come up and then they're sick they're depressed they're anxious they're you know whatever whatever they're in pain whatever that is yeah so really need you and in doing your own work i know is the is the key to to that and sometimes those that that have the ability to work with shadow, they've had some really cool things happen to them and um and and there's often that experience of like, wow, why did I get this? Yeah, definitely. And it is so important. Um, I know we're, it's like, we're right on one o'clock. I had one kind of like, kind of like fun story that I wanted to share. Speaking of crystals, I want to introduce you to my new friend. <laughs> well. This is Lemon Quartz. Mm. yeah not citrine it's got all this like beautiful you know the cloudy stuff inside or like rainbow stuff inside and the prisms and the stripes in there um i i found this over the weekend i was at the gem fair and i i saw it it was just like this magnetic oh my gosh and holding it it's so joyful so so joyful and um and i was I was meditating a bit the other evening, and do you remember, uh, it was last year sometime, or like a year and a half ago, you asked me something about having so many crystals in my bedroom. Yeah, you and have crystals all around your bed, in your bed. I'm like, how do you sleep? Yeah. Right, okay, so I, I have, my whole room is filled with crystals. I have a crystal cabinet. My room is gridded out. I have crystals under my bed. I sleep with crystals in my bed, wrapped up in a towel now. I figured that out after I ripped my sheets with this, <laughs> with this pointy crystal. Um, I sleep with a, a Dow Point giant quartz that's like this big um, with Pleiadian markings and it's like I had this amazing galactivation. I sleep with that. I sleep great. I have awesome dreams. And um, and I remember I told you, oh, it's just a matter of you have to calibrate your crystals to your frequency. And I've had experiences. I, I bought this really bossy apophyllite cluster that the first night I brought it home, it kept me up all night. And I told it in the morning, I said, look, if you want to be in my space with me, you need to help me sleep. That's your job. And so for the next two nights afterwards, I had these amazing dreams filled with crystals. And, you know, I was walking through a palace made of fluorite. It was amazing. So, so with this, I, it's so joyful and so loving. And it was telling me my job is to, um, you know, like it, it was describing this laser of compassion and laser of forgiveness and so you know we think of compassion and forgiveness as these really like beautiful gentle floaty kind of energies this was saying no i'm gonna you know fire people with a laser of compassion and forgiveness pew, to blast away shadow stuff right and so kind of intense but in a really happy way so my the first night i kind of i did my normal thing of i set it aside and i don't bring it in so close right away and I thought, oh, I'm going to be fine. It's totally clear. It's really, it's happy. It's beautiful. The second night, I fall asleep with it. I was meditating with it, and I set it on my bedside table so it's pointing at me. 
and I wake up at like 5.30 in the morning and I'm wide awake, just like vibrating. I'm like, why am I so awake right now? I feel so stimulated. I'm all hot and I'm just, you know, buzzing. And it, t it took me an embarrassingly long time to figure out why. So I, I turned it so it was sideways. It was facing parallel. And then I fell right back asleep. So I thought you would appreciate that given that we had that conversation like over a year ago of how do you sleep with so many crystals? Well, you just have to do this easy thing that I did not do and it will <laughs> right. So, but I'm, I'm excited to work with this one and, um, you know, it definitely has a lot of medicine to share, especially as we are collectively working on the darkness. This one's got some lasers of love to be sending out there. Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. Thanks, Michelle. It was a great story. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, for all of us, we're all working in the shadow. We're all working in our own personal shadow. We're all working in the collective shadow. We're all being called up big time. So, um, you know, just so many blessings and such heartfelt that compassion for all of us that are on this entire planet, uh, witnessing and being in this collective shadow and personal shadows and doing this work and just so much honor and gratitude to each one of you for doing your own personal work and for bringing your work to the world in whatever form that is and for pouring that compassion, love and joyful curiosity on the shadow and not running from it and being present with it and present within in others so that we really can transmute and shift our consciousness and raise our frequency out of the shadow, which we are all in deep witness of at this moment and not being taken out by that shadow, but really learning how to navigate it through working with our guides, working with our animals, our crystals, our, our human, mentors, teachers, friends, partners, all bringing in all of our, um, all of our allies to assist with this powerful moment in time as we really shift deep shadow into light. Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you to all you beings of light, all of those that guide and protect us on these journeys that we are taking. Thank you all, all you warriors of the light out there who are doing your amazing work. It is such an honor to, uh, to know that you are in our community, we are in your community, and we get to come together like this and support each other and hear our, our stories, share our experiences together. This is such a joy. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And reach out, send us messages, send us questions. Uh, what do you want us to talk about? What do you want? What do you want to, uh, what do you want to, what do you want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yes. Again, we've got our, um, our Facebook page, Shaman Sister Sessions. And uh, we do have a place where these videos are uploaded if you want to go back and review or in case you miss a week. We do plan on doing this every Tuesday at noon. So please tune back in. We hope to see you in the future. Yes. Thank you all so much. <laughs>